Welcome back, everybody. Bob, we're going to talk about the classic question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> In this case, the comic book or the way you distribute the comic book. Ah. Does it... All right, should you... Okay, let's kind of simplify this. Should you complete your comic book that you've been wanting to write and draw yourself and then find a way to get it out to people? Or does finding the way to get it out come before you do the comic book? I've done it both ways. So I think it... Well, which way? We want to know what what is the right way, the one and only (laughs) right way to do that. Could you please explain that to us in 30 words or less? don't think there is a right way. So how's that? That Um, was less than 30 words, yes. Yes. I think it depends where you are in your development and skill set. And where you are as far as how long you've been doing this. Because I think first, you want to make comics. And we just get done talking about you want to draw and you want to storytell. And this is what you want to do. So you sort of, you spin off from wanting to do that Spider-Man and that Superman book. Because you realize there's only so many artists out there who can do that too. I've got a story that I want to tell. I've got this, this way, you know, characters and stuff that I want to do. And this is the way I want to do them. So you start creating your own book because you're developing your skills. You're working along. You maybe bring in a fellow writer, reach out to some professional writers or something, and you start developing this book. Then you have a book and you go, oh, okay, what do I do? So, yeah, I think it depends. And then later on, you might go, hey, I've got this idea for a book. But before we invest into the writer and additional team studio teammates to produce it where are we going to go with it because nowadays you have so many more chase choices than we did in the past i think you nor need to stop at whatever stage you're on and go where's this going to go and what i mean is or is it going to be a traditional print book is it going to be a digital book is it going to be distributed uh through a digital distribution center are you going to offer it free online are you going to create a website for it online um, where you set so many panels a day up, or are you going to do something like a Webtoons where it's a panel by panel by panel story, and even those you can take and compile into a com- comic book later. All those are workable. Or some of those you're reaching out to an audience that's scanning around who might fall in love with your style, if your style fits within what that website is offering, and you'll, be, you'll build a, a readership. If you're determined to do traditional comics, which... That is absolutely fine, too. Create your comics. You're going to make copies of it and give it to your aunt and uncle, and you're good with that, great. If you want to then make copies and take to a show, that's even better. So you you sort of got to determine where you want to go. And I truly did this. I wouldn't say at the beginning of getting into comics, because I've been around for a long time. But early on, let's put it that way, I created a, um, a book. And reached out some some people I'd met, became friends, and they were professional writers with DC, and they broke down not the first issue, they broke down a whole six-issue series. I had it penciled, we were inking it, it was colored, and then I'm like, what do I do? Wow. Uh, luckily, I had a day job that supported it, so a lot of it was taken care of that way. Shopped it around. Almost at it at Image, at the boom of Image. Ended up taking it to 
Caliber, which seems sort of funny because it was a superhero book, and Caliber doesn't do superhero books. But what some people don't realize is that Caliber did a lot of different things, which I respect. And they did a lot of distribution at the point. And they were packaging image books for mass market stores. Remember those where you get yeah. like four books for so much? Um, our book pack. got, yes, our book got, was printed for that. It was distributed through Diamond. It was, did its minimum sales at Diamond. Um, but then it was packaged into these packs that went into, I don't know how many billions of places. Um, so it ended up being one of the best-selling books for Caliber, not being a Caliber-type book. And the way it was distributed was a little different. Um, it was it was created for that. So was able to get it out, get it published, get it printed, uh, got it distributed. So that was really cool. I did a contract for six months. It's really not the way to do it. The, nowadays, you have so many choices. You need to really think about where where do I want to build an audience for this book? Do I want to build it day by day? Am I going to be able to produce weekly content so i can do a webtoons because that's how you build an audience for webtoon well yeah there seems to be a barrier between people who want to draw traditional comic books the way you find that come out new every wednesday and people who are doing um web comics and sometimes there's like there's no real conversation between the two are they really completely different animals or do they relate to each other I don't know. They're, they can relate to each other. There's several of them out there. The guys are doing the weekly strips, and then they are uh, taking those strips and packaging them into uh, traditional comic books. Um, of course, they're creating them, illustrating them, and knowing that they're going to break them down into pages. Um, I don't know their step-by-steps. There is well, just several of them out there. One of the key differences there between you working on your project um, when you have the time to do it and it's done when it's done versus uh, distributing on um, a web platform. P when you're doing um, web comics, the key to your success there is um, continually posting new material. So it doesn't have to be daily, okay, but you have to hit your schedule, whether it's weekly or every two weeks, as long as people know that you can continue to produce and when to come back for it. You can't say, well, I'll just give you 20 pages now and then I'll do another 20 pages when I'm done. That doesn't mm -hmm. work for that market. It really doesn't. They want, yeah, like you said, I would say at least weekly. Um, you get into two weeks or longer, you're sort of forgotten. Um, but if that's the way you can produce and that's what you can produce, um, you're constantly trying to build a readership and you're wanting to constantly try to keep a connection, whether it's an email list. So you can let those fans know that, hey, I just posted, you know, over here. Or I just posted at my web page if you're doing a web comic. One, one creator we're talking about, if they blend together, is Brad Geiger does a site goes uh, Evil Inc. And he does a daily strip. Sometimes it's a page, sometimes it's a strip. Um, he's done it for a long time. And then he takes those page strips and compiles them into uh, comics that then he has another merchandise and he can go off and sell it directly or distribute it. So he's one creator. He's been around a long time doing web comics, has his own site. Um, he does how-tos. He does all kinds of wild stuff. And I've met him a few times. He's very successful at it. And it's a fun story. But if you're more focused on traditional comics, 
Um, if you're producing a full comic book, getting it printed and selling it at your local convention once a year, you're, you, you have your target, you're, you're selling comics. Okay. You're getting out to people. That's your market. Okay. And that affects how you design your comic books. Sure. If you're trying to go through diamond, which is the hardest possible way they have, you know, their own way of doing things. But if you do get accept, if you create your own publishing company and get it accepted a diamond, you still have to be, have a certain number of pages in a book. It has to be comparable to other diamond product and you have to produce, you know, on a regular schedule. Again, you have to be able to hit those deadlines. You know, if they're listing your book to come out on this month, you better have it come out on that month. Well, I think, well, people would laugh at that because, you know, a lot of the publishers don't hit their marks with Diamond, or used to not. They've gotten really strict. It, it, uh, they've um, gotten better. But if you're just starting yes. out, okay, yeah. if you're they're taking a chance of you as a new publisher, you don't get that kind of leeway that some of the, the bigger names get. You don't. And another thing is with Diamond, I they're almost like they want to see a completed first issue. They want to see a product from you before they commit to offering it they want to see if they possibly have the audience that you're trying to reach um which is a, a blessing really in disguise it can be frustrating it's like well what do you mean they're going to judge me well they're going to judge you because they only want to handle books that are going to sell through and go to a store and then they hope the store sells through so they buy more issue of issues two three and fours and as we know sales usually go down in issues two threes and fours it's a battle to get in the door at Diamond. You do almost have to do it backwards and have a complete book, have a product ready to go. And then you're going to sit on it for six months. You're going to offer it. They're going to say yay or nay. You're going to get it listed. And then it's going to go through the listing process. And we both know how long that is. It goes through previews. The orders come in. Then you get to go get it printed and shipped out. So, so you really better have more than one complete book. To front load this process. Yeah, you've got to decide, one, if you're coming out monthly or every two months. Longer than that, I think, is a mistake. Even though there's been some image books, and I can't think of them, that do like two or three issues in a row, and then they disappear for six months because that's what the... But then that's maybe what you do. You go ahead and create your, your story, your three issues, your six issues, have it ready to roll. And if it takes you another year to produce the next six, then you're all right. You either offer those every two months or you offer six months in a row and you take six months off. There again, you're building up an audience. No matter what you do, you want to try to build that fan base and you want to bring them over to either your social media or your email list or something and try to stay in front of them. Email list more than social media anymore. We'll have to talk more about that. I mean, well, Kickstarter is another way that are you doing individual comic books? Or are you doing graphic novels, larger collections? Which works better for a Kickstarter? What, what's selling better? Yeah. Um, something I want to investigate. I've started seeing people offering like issues one and two on Kickstarter, I believe, because they say uh, such and such one dash two. So I want to investigate a little bit more. Maybe they're trying to get more content out through the Kickstarter, maybe get larger Kickstarter sales. Um, there's a whole community. We've talked about that for Kickstarter, who supports Kickstarters. Um, I'm diving into that myself because I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter. I've got a good friend who is on many, just wrapped up one. So I'm going to be probably going to need to do a little interview with him, talk to him about it, and see what he has to share. 
there's so many areas in distribution, whether it's online distribution, self-distribution, which would be your Kickstarters, your Indiegogo, your own website, um, or you reach out to Diamond. Well, I guess this week we heard an announcement Alterna is offering up a distribution center. Have you heard that? No, I haven't yet. Yes, Alterna came out, and this week I don't have the details, but they are talking about distributing comics um i have to say he's he's got a lot of energy so peter's got a lot of energy we'll see how it goes we've been around i've been around so long i was here when cold cuts was around i don't know if you remember them back in the day i do i do indeed and no they did not sell baloney they did not sell baloney but yeah we've seen many distributors come and go um even the big twos so We'll see. I wish Peter the best luck. I'm going to reach out to him, see what he's what he's talking about doing, what what his channels are. Um, I will try to post more stuff at Shoutfire about that for creators. Be interesting to see why he thinks he can do what other distributors have failed in doing. And I have no easy way to put it. They just failed because there's a lot of logistics to it. Um, so he's going to have to there again critique what he takes. He's going to have to be as diligent as Diamond, except he doesn't have a Diamond budget. So you know, if your book doesn't make his cut, you know, then, then you've yeah. got to step up. You got to step up. To yeah, but it's what his... it, it could be the time. I know there's um, a need for it, and see, but if he can find a way to fill that need and still be profitable, it'd be fascinating. But, but back to creating for your distribution uh there's we've been talking about some i'm continually fascinated by all these different avenues how they can literally affect the size the shape the presentation of what you're creating as in the process of creating it what do you mean the the way you structure how you're drawing your issue can be drastically different if you're doing you know a weekly presentation for a web comic you you know you're not going to do it necessarily do a complete finished penciled in color comic book page and present that every week. Uh, you may be, you know, doing panels, parts of it, building pieces, you know, so, but you're, so you're, Oh, I see where you're going. Have, it doesn't uh, have to really be the finished product all at once. It can be, you know, yes. behind the scenes pieces of it. And, and there might be a way to go because also production time. Yeah. I think, um, but like you were talking, how, um, there's a there's a online uh, called Mega Tokyo. All they do is penciled manga. It's a p- pencil manga. I think it's in the thousands of pages posted. Oh it's yeah, tremendously rare. successful. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it's huge. And then you have other ones that where they post a page every three days. It's sort of like um, let me check it here. There's one here that I know. A girl genius. There oh. it is. Girl That's Genius, funny. he posts, I can't remember, he posts either two pages a week or three, I can't remember which, failed as a black and white comic, loved what he was doing there, ended up putting it online, if for I'm correct, free. For, free. for free, and then he started collecting a graphic novel hardcover, which he was putting out himself directly to the audience he was building, and then he offers a soft cover to distributors, totally self-built his audience, just produces and produces, understands concept. He puts out full pages, one page, and I, I'm trying to think 
It's if it's two or three pages a week. Yeah, they're which completed is a, pages. a tremendous output. I mean, he's got um, not many artists can match that kind of output, but he's absolutely incredible. And oh, he no. he taught us that you could actually give something away for free and people will still pay for it. Yes. Yes. Now, now more people yeah. view it than buy the graphic novels, but by sure. getting even a small percentage of the people actually buying is a way to make a decent living. You know, he's got he's selling a lot of graphic novels. Sure. And more people are reading than buying, but still, okay. And we've the talked fact about that many people come and look at it in the first place, that you're capturing a small percentage of that, that's still money. Yeah, and we've we've talked about niches in the past, and his is that steampunk niche. So it opens up to just general comic book readers. You know, you can do the steampunk shows and that period type of shows and pick up a larger audience. And people who may never see it as just a comic book might see it as something like that. You know, he's built, he's built up a good amount of merchandise over the years. He's been doing it for a while. So they've been very successful, very successful with it. So that's definitely one way of doing it. Kickstarter is another way. A panel by panels, um, like the Webtoons aspect, is another way of building it. Going If you want to just make comics, so many people that I've ran into over the years, I just want to make comics. Well, what does that mean? You just want to make comics, you know? That's why I, I ask them. I have heard it, yes. And it's a tough question. I mean, it's a very simple question, but it's a tough question to answer. What do you mean? Because you know what it means. It's so close to you, but it's hard to put it into words. What you, because every person who just wants to make comics, they want to do something slightly different. Yes. Well, yeah, they want to do something different. They want, you know, it's their stories, their characters, and... And but some people just want to copy and repeat too, and the thing is, a copy's never as good as the original, especially if you're looking at a mainstream title. What comes first, the comic or the distributors? It almost depends on where you're at in your career, and it depends on who you you're trying to offer this to. Because if you're offering it through a diamond, and I have a feeling probably the alternative distributing and anybody else has a distributor, they're going to want to see that book before they commit. To putting you a spot in their catalog because that costs them money. It does. Just, just like a store wants to see as much as they can before they put a spot on their shelf because it costs them money. You know, so before they'll give up a spot, a, sh a slot on the shelf, they've got to think whether I can sell it or not or, or build a fan base for it or people are going to come in and ask for it. Even if you're going to your local comic shop and say, I've printed X number of books. Will you carry some of them for me? You're asking them to buy that book from you and what will probably be higher than the rate they're spending on a diamond book. They want to know that they can make, get their money back. Okay. You know, and it's not the best way to get a wide audience, but there are local shops that will are very good at supporting local talent and will try to give you a shot so that you can get your work out. More people can see it. You can get more feedback. They, they are. And um, one, one great idea is, you know about Free Comic Book Day. You ever heard about that? Yes, I've heard of that. Yes. A lot of um, stores will um, host um, writers or artists. Even if you are have no credentials whatsoever, you can approach your comic book store and say, I'd like to be, come at your store and give away a free mini comic. Yes. And that way, you, that's going to be, depending on how you structure that small book that you can produce cheaply. But how 
is that a good idea to, just to get your work out there and get some feedback? Oh, most definitely. And it builds good faith with the store. Um, I always tell this little story. I think I've told it here to you before, but the comic shop I used to own is now owned by my contest, as you know. I reached out to him and uh, I asked him, said, so if I produce something, you guys going to sell it for me? And uh, she says, probably not. And I'm like, okay. And we talked and we had a long conversation how she looks at things and a following. And it made me click. And this was a couple years ago. made me click going, okay, I need to bring my audience to them or help them build an audience for my work before I'm allowed to have a slot in that store. And I respect that. And that store is still alive, even it's been over 10 years since I sold it to them, because they run a business like that. They understand they have to make money to stay alive. And um, it's made me rethink on how to bring them an audience. And actually, I'm going to work on something that we'll share here over the next couple of weeks that I'm going to submit to them and see if they're interested for free comic book day. So we'll see. We'll see how that works. And then see if it helps build an audience for somebody who comes in. It's for a Kickstarter I'm going to be offering in the next month or so. So we'll see if it takes it, if it helps them to then sell the finished book. One, to see if it's enough for them to care and carry the finished book and then helps them to sell it. Um, how many people come back from Free Comic Book Day into the store? We know the shop has has hundreds if if not thousands of people through or thousands well, hundreds upper well, hundreds no. well over a thousand yes okay fine I, I knew it was there i just want to say um but how many of those people if i hand them a eight page preview okay of a book that's finished i'm going to do a kickstarter and then i'll have copies that i could have them put on the shelf how many of those people if i hand out a thousand previews are going to be back in that shop who could possibly pick it up because they're like, oh, I remember getting that free preview book and had it signed. So this is the book. Well, I'm interested I, to see if something like that will work. Well, the number doesn't sound good when you put it in percentage, okay? Nope. But if you give away a thousand, okay, mm-hmm. if 10% are actually interested, that's an actually excellent number, okay? Uh, that's 100 people who are interested, okay? If 5% would actually buy it, okay, well, you've got, that's 50 copies. Hey, I'm, I'm thinking and it's more like cop- 1%. And it, it might be more like 1%, okay? But then again, you've got 10 copies. Yes. So for a local, you know, store to sell, you know, to, if they're selling 10 copies of a book, that's a book they're going to keep stocking, okay? It's not their right. biggest blockbuster, Okay. But but many books from Marvel or DC are being stocked at ten copies or less, okay, and still being bought month after month. So yeah, if some, that's what the girl genius model, okay, is get back one percent of people actually buying. Well, you know he's got tens of thousands of people looking, so that mm-hmm. works, okay. And you, if you're talking, well, you're talking about one store there, but right. by giving that that preview, then mm-hmm. your the owners get to see it they're more confident because they know which of the customers they can market it to. And maybe those customers don't, didn't come in on free comic book day, but they're like, Oh, this is the type of book that so-and-so likes to read. I'll make sure they get to see it. Right. And that's how a good retailers, you know, stay in business. They know their 
their customers and what they're interested in. So yeah, you're investing a little bit, but hey, you're getting feedback on your project, okay? Um, and most people are asking retailers to buy a big and a poke. I, I'm not going to really show you, but please have total faith in this. And this is not just from someone walking through the door and say, carry my book, but this is from most of the publishers you know, at Diamond. Oh, yeah. The cover they're showing is not the interior artwork, but trust me, it's the best idea of all time. Everyone's going to love it. We've heard it all before. Yeah. The more you show to the retailer, the better they are at marketing it. So, you know, um, most stores participate in Free Comic Book Day in one way or another. Anything that they can do to help to something else to give out or for people to, you know, to make it special at their store, they're usually very receptive. Right. And you mean they buy books by just looking at the cover? No, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they do. Sometimes, sometimes they don't sometimes they, they don't sometimes they pass on right. that because it's like I just don't have enough information. Right. Now here's the business and or my my idea there is giving away an eight page preview at the shop and then whether I could sell ten copies, I would majorly be losing. Um, because that, that thousand copies, if I print it and produce it in house, it's gonna cost me two hundred bucks, let's say. It's actually gonna cost somebody else some more. I own a print shop. But it's going to cost me 200 bucks for a really nice, glossy, full-color preview book, eight pages. Um, so 200 bucks. if I can get, get them to sell 10 copies, um, and it's a 399 book, let's say. Um, so I might get a dollar. So I'm going to make 10 bucks back on my $200 investment. You can go, well, that's stupid. But... Here's what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to be running the Kickstarter. I would have video shot while I'm there. I would have photos op shots while I'm there. I will be blogging and podcasting while I'm there. It would be a huge part of my social media. So that investment gets me out into an audience, gives me many photo opportunities, many video opportunities. So I'm going to take that $190 loss and turn it into a really great promotional part to then include as the Kickstarter is running, maybe even try to have the Kickstarter running as free comic book day is going on. So I can direct people to that. Probably not because I don't want to take the sales away from the shop. So I just talked myself out of that. Um, but because you got to respect the shop, you got to respect the shop owner. He's giving you a spot to sit there, even though you're giving away stuff. It's not costing him a dime. Unlike, that you know all that free comic book stuff the shop it's owner still pays. no it's not free the shop owner pays for it um i was i was there five years ago i think was last time i set up there um it was the first year we had a video game store open and i printed full color comics and gave them away i gave away hundreds of them there i didn't mike did not pay for those i paid for those um i really didn't have an end game for that i didn't have oh what am i going to do I just did it because I wanted to get the characters out. I wanted to get out and reach out. Sort of missed being around the shop because it had been five or six years since I sold the shop. I, it felt great that Mike let me come in and do that and bring in Bill Nichols with it. And so that was fun. But this time, if he agrees to it and if he doesn't, that's fine. That means I got to rework it. I got to make it valuable for him to do so um, is to uh, have an end game, an end game where he'll make a few dollars from it. I will get exposure and in the long run be able to 
benefit from it. So I would definitely document this as we're building this, as we're working on it and uh, posting more about it and see how it goes. Cause this is sort of a, you know, we're all growing, we're all experimenting. Um, the thing here with the shout fires, we're all sharing and trying to build a better way of us all reaching our own gold, which is finding an audience for our stories. And finding that audience is no one way and not every way is going to fit your lifestyle and your art style. So keep on researching the difference between, you know, just going to a local store, trying to get a diamond, you know, distribution is Kickstarter your best. There's, and when you say going online and, you know, offering web comics, not all web comics are created the same. Some are going to work for you. Some are not. And you can, you know, but you need to keep your eye on, Am I just drawing this for myself? It's going to sit in a drawer forever. Or how am I going to get this out there? And start looking at that before your project is complete. Because it may well have a lot to do with how that project uh, gets developed. Right. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And, yeah, I mean, we bounce pretty well everywhere. We've, probably, you know, we've talked about stores, distribution, online, working a free comic per day. So it really comes back. Which comes first, the comic or the distributor? Both just depends on where you're at and then where you want to be and what works for you and but also learn to stretch what works for you and try some new challenges and be open to different ways of doing things well i think it, it all starts it really is taking the baby steps you want to take the baby steps so you produce can you produce a panel a day a panel a week um, are you going to do panel strips and you just do the one liners, you know, like to like the Sunday strips where you have the single panel, uh, you know, the Dennis Menace and stuff. Um, can you produce a page a week? Can you in a studio produce a page a week and then put that out there on a webtoons? So pace yourself, base and yourself around what your life is, that you're successful. And don't make that commitment until you know that you really can keep that pace up on a yes. for continued basis. Yes. And, and that's the ticket is you want to be able to offer and keep it going. You want to get momentum built. You want to get set, set an end goal. If your end goal is to complete a comic and it's 20 pages, know that through this period of time you can complete it and, you know, and don't, don't try to do too much. Uh, I've been guilty of that trying to handle too much, juggle too much. Um, then, Projects have to put on back burners. If you've already into a major promotion on that, or if you got a few pages released, but then you can't do anything for another six months, that sort of kills your momentum that you just started to build up. So Which really means, set up goals uh, that you can succeed. Set your goals, but be realistic about your pace. Yes. So back to the initial question, which came first, the chicken or the egg, has got me really hungry. So I think it's time to wrap <laughs> this up. <laughs> okay no yeah sounds good i think we touched on a lot of different bases here yeah thanks for your time today bob it's a lot of fun we'll talk to you again soon all right take care bill